just money in general, we get to get to a point where we're building wealth, but we're also teaching other people about how to build wealth. Failing. 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 I know. When we talk about failure. Some battles you feel like you lost. And survival. Some battles you feel like you win. It's tough. I had to make some tough decisions. We've all faced failure, but what steps do we take to launch ourselves into success? I'm Sarah Brown. There is life. A blessing. Achieve your dream. And then what we do with it. And this is Failing Forward. Today I have a repeat podcast guest, Terrence Backus, who is the president of My Brother's Keeper. But last time, he's also an author. He's an entrepreneur. He's a corporate America guy, even though I know you don't say that you're really a corporate America guy anymore. But uh, I am so happy to have you back here again to talk about My Brother's Keeper. Welcome, my friend. Thank you so much, Sarah. It is always great to talk to you. I feel like we are personal friends because we've known each other for quite some time now. Love all the work that you do with your podcast. So anytime I have a chance to talk to you, seems like that's the only way I get to talk to you. <laughs> well, no, we text. Podcast, so. We text. But that's true. We do text. We do text. But no, I really appreciate all you do for Cincinnati and those of us that are here in the thank city. You. So thank oh, you. We'll right back at you. All right. I, I love uh, the concept of being able to share a success story. So when you and I talked last year, this was just a dream. And so I want you to share what My Brother's Keeper is all about, the impact. And I really want to understand for our listeners, like your why behind this. Yeah, I'm going to start with the why first, because I'm, okay. getting, I'm getting you old enough to get things. So the why is... <laughs> okay, first of all, you're only 50 what? And so no, you're not old. Okay. Yeah, so I appreciate that. So no, so my uh -huh, brother's uh -huh. keeper, the, the why behind it, as I, as I get older, you know, early on in my lifetime, it was about how do I achieve success for me and my family? And we've gotten to a point where I feel pretty comfortable. We live a comfortable life. And it's no longer about just me and my family. It's who can I impact? Who can I make a difference in their life for? So yeah. when um, when I think about what I want to do and how I want to give back, it keeps coming back to financial literacy. I'm a yes. big opponent of people investing to gain wealth. So when I started sharing my journey of what I wanted to do, it kept coming back to, have you heard about my brother's keeper? Why not my brother's keeper? And I said, honestly, I don't know a lot about my brother's keeper. So it kind of forced me to do a little bit of homework to understand mm -hmm. what is my brother's keeper and why are people telling me to check out my brother's keeper. So through my own homework. Terrence, before yes. you go into that, when you were building your career, going through the, those life achievements and goals. Yes. Did you always know that you wanted to be able to give something back at some point? Wow, that's a great question. I would say yes. And the reason why I say that is because I had someone who pulled me aside at a young age and said, you need to, you need to max out your 401k. And I shared this on the last podcast. Yeah. But what I did because of what that person told me, I always felt like that person invested in me. So I needed to invest in other people. So every time someone joined our company out of college, I automatically pulled them aside and shared that same wisdom that you need to max out your 401k. And I've made an impact in so many young people's lives because of it. And a lot of them come back and thank me later because of me saying that to them. So I didn't, I didn't know it in my mind I was going to do it, but I just did it. 
So uh, it's funny that you said this because literally this week, a new hire says to me, hey, I'm, I'm signing up for my benefits. And she's not even on my team. I'm talking to her in the mm-hmm. kitchen. And I said, we have great benefits. And she's like, yeah, I've been, I look at that because I, she's very new uh, to the organization. And I said, the number one thing that I'm going to tell you is max out your 401k benefits. And it was because you told me that. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's so interesting because if a company is going to give you free money, why not take advantage of it? That's what I said. I was like, it is free money. You're basically walking away from free money, but that was all because of you. Oh, I appreciate that. I'm glad that I've made an impact on you as well. Um, What I will say is that there are so many young people, and I don't care if you grew up rich or if you grew up poor, there's a lot of people who start start their careers and no one tells them to take advantage of a 401k. So I want to make sure that I always tell people as they join the company, make sure you match out that 401k. Terrence, so growing up for you, and I think we may have talked about this last time, but sorry if I forget. Growing up for you, were you given that? Were you modeled that? Or did you have to learn it? I had to learn it. So I'll take you back a little bit. So growing up, I was the middle of three boys. My mom raised three boys on her own. I was the first in my family to go to college. And that means my entire family. So with that, my mom had no knowledge of how to tell me to manage my money because we didn't have any money to manage as a family. So when I graduated college, I went from being this poor kid to having a company car, a nice salary, and getting a bonus. So I could either maximize that opportunity or I could revert back to what I grew up seeing around me. And I chose to go the other direction because I wanted to have more than what we had growing up. Financial freedom. Financial freedom. And I didn't want to make, I felt the pressure to not want to make the same mistakes that I saw people in my community making. Yes. Okay. All right. So now connect us to my brother's keeper. Yeah. So my brother's keeper. So back in 2014, after Trayvon Martin was shot and killed, President Obama said, we have to do more to help our young black and brown men reach their full potential. And that means we have to invest in their future. So basically he challenged us as a community, as a nation to say, how do we do that? We have to find ways to help them from a poverty perspective, from a discipline perspective, from a graduation perspective, from an employment perspective, and from a crime perspective. If you look at the number of people who are in prison, I think the African-American population makes up about 6%, yet we make up half of what's in prison. So he says we have to reach them at a young age. So Wait, my, say that again. Say yeah, that again. So six, the African-American population makes up 6%. But in uh, prisons, let me let me, let me oh, back oh. up. I, I made a mistake on okay. that. Okay. Why, it says while six percent of the overall population is African American, yes, more than half of the people in prison are African American. All right. So my brother's keeper. So you find out about it, and who tells you about it? Yeah. So so I have a cousin that I grew up with. He's like a brother. Um, he yes. actually helped me with my book and he sits on the board of my brother's keeper, Cambridge Mass. So he was one of the people that says, hey, I want to have you come in and talk to our young men. This is before I thought about my brother's keeper. He's like, I want to have you come in and speak to our young men because I think you have a story 
that they would benefit from. So I had heard it the first time through him, but then I don't know if you know Jorge Perez, but he's the CEO of the Greater Cincinnati YMCA. Jorge yes, I don't also, know him. I know of him. He's a good friend. And I spoke to him and he said to me, hey, have you thought about my brother's keeper? That was the second <laughs> time. And then the third and time. And this all connection is because of the financial literacy, that, that passion that you have. It all came from my passion of wanting to leverage my book to go on college campuses to reach young African-American boys and girls, men and yeah. women. So um, the third one was a gentleman at Crossroads and his Brian, I can't think of his last name. It's not Brian Tome, but there's another Brian, Brian. And he brought up my brother's keeper. So I'm like, okay, now I've got three different people that I respect a lot saying my brother's keeper. I need to really look into my brother's keeper. And I'll be honest, when I saw it, I was like, oh my gosh, this is, not only is it awesome, but it's overwhelming. Because it went from zero affiliates to over 300 in the country. Wow. Okay, so clearly a need. Clearly a need, but also people who have met the um, challenge that President Obama put out. When you have over 300 affiliates across the country starting up, that says something. When I looked at Ohio, there were already 11 that existed in Ohio. Already 11? Already 11 that existed from Dayton, Columbus, Toledo, um, Youngstown, Akron. But was really impressed. I was really blown away by the fact that here in Cincinnati, the only one we really had was a My Brother's Keeper, Lincoln Heights. Now, they do great work, but they're really focused on the Lincoln Heights area. There's nothing major happening in Cincinnati, which is the third largest city in the state. Yeah. Okay. So what, tell me what My Brother's Keeper, what services or education, what do they provide? Yeah. So My Brother's Keeper Cincinnati. So I started this um, affiliate about a year and a half ago. I put together a really strong team of folks that I really respect. Um, it ranges anywhere from financial advisors, XP and G retired folks. We have an engineer, we've got salespeople, we've got a pastor, former pastor from Crossroads. Um, And we came together, we call ourselves the super friends, but we came together because we all share the same same passion for giving back. And our vision is for every boy and every young man of color within our city to have access to wealth creation. That's what we stand for. I love that. I love that. So how do you help them? Yes. Yeah, First so, of all, how do you get to them? And then how do you help them with wealth creation? Because do you access them through school, through like yes, preschool, yes. high school? So our, our plan is actually we put together a financial literacy program, which really talks about reaching them with the heart, the head and the hand. So those three components. But what we did is we reached out to local um, Cincinnati public schools. And we talked about what our mission was, and we wanted to find a school that would partner with us to say, okay, we want to put together a program, come into your school for say 20 weeks and really work on building relationships with these young men. First and foremost, because you can't walk in and just stop talking about money and financial literacy. First of all, they're going to look at us and say, you're twice my age. You dress different than I dress because you have money. And what they didn't realize early on is we sat where they sit today. We grew up the same way a lot of these students are growing up. So we have to build that relationship with them on the front end before we even introduce the topic of financial literacy. So that's kind of what we did. So we've actually partnered um, with 
Aiken High School. They're our first um, partner school. We've got a program yes. we've already started with them. They've been phenomenal to work with. Um, none of this would have come to life without some local partnerships. So uh, UC Health has been really great at saying, not only do we want to help you financially, but we want to help you by bringing these young men down to our facility so that they have a chance to see some of our people who look just like them, but are doctors yeah. that may be in IT, that may be in marketing. And they're not just coming here when their friends have been um, shot or bleeding and they're only there because oh. of something negative. We want them to see UC Health in a positive light. Um, well, that's wonderful for UC Health. Yes, they have been phenomenal. That's a win-win. Total win-win. And Fifth Third has stepped up and said, we want to be part of this. So they have been a real good supporter of ours. We're working with um, Cincinnati Reds. Right now, they are the um, Ohio sponsor of MBK. So we're making some contacts with them on a local level. But we feel Love like there's that. such an opportunity that exists because we've got some major corporations here between Procter and Gamble yeah. and Kroger and Great American. We really just need to start reaching out to some of them to say, how can you help us? What does the curriculum look like or what does the outreach look like? Yeah. So as I mentioned, the head, the heart and the hand. So if you think yeah. about the heart, that's the piece where we want to go in. And we spend time in classrooms just sharing not just our testimonies, but letting them see that, hey, we sat where you sit today. Right. We didn't grow up rich. We struggled the way you are. But we want you to understand that you can overcome those challenges that you may be facing today. So we spent about five weeks of really just getting to know them. And then we okay. also have a mentor component that we're introducing where we're going to have one-to-one -one mentorship of younger people, not people who are our age, but younger, that they can meet with on a, I think we put two hours a month, we want them to connect with them and they can help them if they're trying to fill applications for college or if they're thinking about going in the um, Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines, they may want to go to a trade school. We just want right. them to have someone that they can confide in and help them along that journey. So that's the first component. Okay. The second component is the head. So really, it's understanding, like, what are you thinking about when you hear being rich and being wealthy? You know, to some people, they don't know the difference, but there's a drastic difference. You can be rich and have a lot of money today, but it could be gone tomorrow. When you're wealthy, that means you're taking care of your money and you have enough to supply all of your needs. So we want to understand what do they think about today and how do we change that mindset if it's not where it needs to be? So they're thinking about building wealth and not just building to become a millionaire. You know what's funny is that I never use the word rich. It actually turns me off. And when mm -hmm. my nieces and nephews say it, I think that it's so distasteful. It's, it's funny. And I think it's because I don't know where I got this filter, this, this belief, but it was saying the word rich is like, I don't know. Not you, professional is the, mm -hmm. right, the right word. I don't even know what it means. What? But when you say wealthy, then you know what you're talking about. Like, okay. oh, that person is wealthy. It's it's got just got a le different level of sophistication. Isn't that weird? It, and it, I didn't even is. think about that. No, it's so true. And, and wealthy, it means something different to everybody. You can have a million dollars and be wealthy. You can have $500,000 and be wealthy. And quite honestly, I grew up on the poor end of the spectrum. I never felt like I was poor. 
So in my mind, I wasn't wealthy, but I wasn't poor either. So wealth yeah. means something different to everybody. It really just yeah. means you have enough to sustain your lifestyle. I think the word rich sounds has like a greedy component mm-hmm. in it to me, whereas wealth is abundance and it's exactly. freedom and it's financial yes. freedom. Okay, financial freedom. You hit it on right. The head. Yeah, and then that third component is what we call the hand. So the hand really is how do we get them involved with leveraging the money that they get? So we want to take them to like the Freedom Center as an example and have dialogue around how did we as people get to where we are? But then also once you start accumulating money, how are you going to manage that money? If you think about things like budgeting, um, investing, um, being charitable with your money, we want to have all those opportunities. So we're going to give these kids a chance to earn money. We're going to treat this whole program like a job. We told them, if you show up every week when we're there, if you do the mentoring component that we spoke about, at the end yes. of this five months, we're going to give them an opportunity to earn up to $1,000 each. Wow. That, because if you think about what we're trying to do, we can teach them, but if we don't give them access to money to be able to even start thinking about how totally to agree. Money, I totally agree. What good is it? There, it's there's no application. No application. No application. So, so we're really thinking through the process. I love that. It's not just about the in class. It's about the in class. It's about outside the class going to UC or going to UC Health or going to the the Freedom Center. But it's also about the mentoring and it's also about the money. Giving them the access to do something. Terrence. Yes. Do the other affiliates? do the same programming? No. So the way it's set up is that when Obama, President Obama created this, he had those pillars that I spoke about and you can touch one or all of them. So for us, when we picked financial literacy, we knew we were touching poverty. We knew we were touching graduation and we knew we were touching employment. There may be some that say, hey, no, I know in my city, we have a problem around crime and they may focus specifically on crime. So to answer your question, they all are doing something different. Got it. Okay, great. Would you be willing to share a story of, uh, what, have you guys launched this yet? Yeah. So do you have any current yeah, we, stories? So we, okay. we launched it about a month ago. Yeah. Any stories around wh- how it's been or some incredible connections that you've made? Just yeah. s- maybe some heart stories. It's, it's What's interesting is when we went into to the classroom with Aiken, you know, these young men, we had already met them through an event that the Cincinnati Reds threw back in August, where they had 200 young men across the state come down for a day. And they they had some folks there that kind of talked about baseball. And we had um, we had uh, Senator Sherrod Brown was there. So they had an opportunity to ask questions and engage. So when we went into yes. the classroom, what really floored me is we were talking with them. We were engaged and having some fun. And we said, just a show of hands, how many of you would love to have us provide a mentor for you? And the hands immediately went up. Really? And I was like, wow, I could only picture myself, their age, having someone that looked like me come into my classroom and say, can you get me a mentor? Because I went to an yeah. all white school and I didn't have anyone that looked like me teaching school, be a janitor in school, like nothing. So I didn't have that. Terrence, I think it's really important for you to share why it's important for as a human 
to see somebody that looks like you. Yeah. Share the, why is that important? I think it's important because in this case, there's a public perception that poverty is a choice. And we know that the African-American um, race has a higher poverty level than the majority. So anytime you can see someone who has overcome, you want to understand the why. But not only that, it gives you that, um, the word I'm looking for, it gives you that, and you're going to have to probably pause this one because I can't think of the word, but it gives you that opportunity to say, I see people that look like me who came from similar backgrounds, but were able to overcome. So now I know I can actually achieve it also. When I think of President Obama being the first African-American president, that meant so much to so many people because most of us thought that would never happen in our lifetime. Right, right, right. So I can relate from a female standpoint uh, in sort of the corporate world, right? And growing up, I didn't have in my, okay, let's just say in my immediate family, there, my mom didn't work outside of the home. And yet I had an aunt who ran the family company for a number of years. And although I don't really remember like the ins and outs of her job, I knew she did it, right? And so I think it gave me more confidence because if I saw she could do it, then I could do it too, exactly what you're saying. The other thing is I love this concept of, and I've mentioned this many times in my podcast, but the concept of expanders, having people in your life who've achieved something that you're striving for, because if the brain sees it, it's more likely to believe it for you. And that's what you're giving these young men. No, absolutely. And we want to make sure they realize that we lived it. We understand what you're going through, but you have people who want to invest in you. So lean on us mm. and let us be those people to help you. That's really what we're trying to do with them. And they've been really, really open to saying, I want to be part of this. I'm committed. We have them sign a pledge that says, here's all the things that we want to do and we commit to doing. And then we're turning that money that we talk about into a relation to say, here's how much money we're going to give you. Here's the type of people that make this kind of money. Here's the occupations that if you wanted to go and be a doctor or a lawyer or an engineer, or if you just want to be a school teacher or whatever it is, you have to understand what to do with the money when you get it. Yes. Yes. So will you teach them any investments or like, what will you do? Yeah. So we are, we have a session. So we have a financial advisor on our team and we're going to spend probably about four or five sessions talking about money overall. So if you think about things like okay, I'm getting money. How do I manage that money? How do I, what do I invest in? So he's going to spend time talking about things like you make sure you have an emergency fund first. That's first and foremost, even though I pushed a 401k, you have to have that first. Then if you're going to get into a company, they have a 401k or something equivalent, make sure you max it out. Then it goes on to making sure you have insurance. Again, as people of color, we tend to not have insurance over our lives. And that is so important. Um, so that when we do pass, are you talking health or are you talking insurance? Um, life, life, and health insurance. Life, yeah, health insurance. You should get through your job, but a lot of times, even as African Americans, we don't tend to get um, life insurance. And if something happens to us, then we leave that burden on our family. So we want to stress right. the importance of even insurance. And while we're talking to high school students, we feel like they are old enough 
um, to be able to understand what we're speaking about. So we want to make sure we talk about that. So we're sharing things like that. But then just money in general, we got to get to a point where we're building wealth, but we're also teaching other people about how to build wealth. So you got to share the knowledge that we're sharing with you with other people and pay it forward. Love that. I love that. Will you do me a favor? Will you close with what are some either things that people listening could do to help support this how and or how they can grow their financial literacy? Yeah. So I would say the first part, if you want to get involved, we do have a website up now. It's called uh, mbkcincinnati.org. You can go on there. And we'll have that in the notes. We are always looking for mentors and it could be male or female. Uh, preferably will be male because these are high school students and you know sure. how that works, but we will not turn you away. Um, but we want to make sure that you're giving because it's something that you are passionate about, not just something you feel like, oh, I really need, sh- I should go and help out. No, no, we want people who are committed because these young men need our support. So I would say that's the first thing if you want to get involved financially. If you work for one of these big companies or small companies here in the uh, greater Cincinnati, Northern Kentucky area, and you feel the need to give back and help, we will always be willing to sit down and talk with you. Um, we we are not just going to take money from anyone. They have to really tie into what our vision and our goals are. Um, because if we're not aligned, it's not just about the money. It's making sure that we are doing this for the right reasons. So please, please, please reach out to us if you want to help financially. Did I answer, did I answer both questions? I can't remember. Yeah, you answered that one. Oh, and then the last one was, Tips on how each one of us can build financial literacy. Yeah. Or maybe like some favorite books. I was, I wanted the to ask you. favorite book is my favorite book? book. Financially Empowered Achieving Success Through Sacrifice by Terrence M. Backus. There you go. Do you love that I teed you up for <laughs> there that? There you go. You teased me up. No, there's some really, um, really great books out there. I would say I'm not pushing the book piece. I will push the how I do it. So I am a big proponent of, I go online all the time and I follow people like Warren Buffett, but then I go to Yahoo Finance, I go to Bloomberg. I like to just read like what's going on in the economy, because when you understand what's happening in the economy and if you become an investor, you're going to understand what do I want to invest in or when do I invest? Because you are educated on what's happening and why things are going in a positive light or a negative light. So educate yourself just financially, not so much about just reading a book. Okay, that's perfect. And that's something I'm going to do because I don't do that. I do it every day. I start my day off looking at what's going on from the news perspective, but I take it more in the business and the financial piece. Thank you for being on again and taking the time. And uh coming in last minute for me this week. It was amazing that you were free, so thank you. And this is a great New Year's uh, episode to listen to and, and kick kick off the new year with financial freedom. Sarah, I appreciate you. This is a blessing for us to have the opportunity to come back together. Um, I am so excited about what the future holds for my brother's keeper, Cincinnati. It's people like you who are giving us the platform to speak about it and get the word out. I can tell you it's already starting to grow, but now we just need to get more financial support. So I appreciate you. Oh, anytime. I want to thank everyone behind the scenes, especially Adrian Donica and the team at Gwyn Sound. 
Also, please find us on social media outlets at Fail Forward Pod.